Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by ExoticLimo.com.au. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is Beretta. G'day, Corey. Good to be back for another podcast, and I think we should kick things over to the third member of the team. Welcome to the Bombs Express. Choo-choo! Thank you, brother. The Bombs Express is back, and uh, yep, we have got a lot to review today. A whole other five games of JL today with many more still to come, as we uh, have seen probably half of the games now. But before we get stuck into that, Corey, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Find us on SoundCloud, the iTunes channel, and Facebook at Supercoach Elites. And boys, some exciting news that we should announce today. Uh, Brett, are you wanting to let the listeners know where we were this afternoon? Uh, not particularly, because it hurt and I had a bad time. But uh, we, got, we got the Chucky Milk Challenge possibly done don't know maybe we did maybe we didn't but uh stay tuned and i guess it'll be a few highlights up on the page or a few lowlights depending how you're looking at it coming in the next couple of days we got to watch britta chunder a couple of milk today watch me eat some chilies bonfa was in his glee um it was a little bit uh, all over the joint got to definitely travel in a beautiful limo bonfa what do you think of that bumblebee limo that we're in today thanks to the limo.com.au Mate, what a what a car that was provided, mate. Um, I just Jesus, I haven't been in uh, many limos in my time, but I'll tell you what, uh, by far that one there one absolutely takes the cake. Um, it was an absolute ripper. Couldn't believe the some of the just how beautiful it was on the inside. Um, few drinks went well. We had some good company inside there too. Uh, George, the wonderful driver as well, made sure we just had a good time and took absolute care of us for the day as well, mate. What what an absolute ripper ever it was. It was absolutely amazing. Hit the nail on the head, Bombs. However, we are here to talk Supercoach, not Limo, so let's kick straight into it. We'll go rewind the clock all the way back to Wednesday night last week, boys, um, where we watched Bombs, your boys, the Blues, take on Saints. Uh, and Carlton were very, very impressive early. I want to speak about one man in particular, and that's Matthew Cruiser, because the conversation about him being too expensive, too pricey, can't back it up. A Ruckman hasn't backed it up, you know, since for 10 years, blah, 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 whatever the talk was. After his game on the weekend, he was straight back in my side, cemented, not really playing around with too much at the moment. Cruiser looks just as good now as he did last year. Yeah, Bond, straight across to you. Matthew Cruiser, thoughts? Yeah, man, he he has just come in and out, in and out, in and out uh, of my team. And, and he wasn't even coming into my team um, pretty much before that game there. I, I really liked how... Uh, he came out just a few days prior to that game and said, I'm going to spend more time forward and I'm going to impact the scoreboard and all this sort of crap. And then uh, in the JLT game, they just select him as a solo ruck and left um, Matty Loeb out of the team, which is the way I kind of see it going forward. I don't think Loeb's going to play games. And uh, I think as long as uh, we can see Cruiser playing solo ruck, then, mate, I think you've got to pair him with, with Gorn, don't you? If you can... If you can find the way to manipulate the cash to get up to him, because he is six hundred and three thousand. Um, if you can, if you can find a way to do it, then do it. Because, mate, if he's sole rucker, I just can't see him averaging underneath hundred this season. I think he'll be number one ruckman again, um, with all accounts, even with Gorn playing a full season. Brett, uh, Matty Cruiser, your thoughts? Yeah, really love to see how he played, and um, I know we say that what no ruckman's got number one back to back years and for ten years since Dean Cox or whatever it was, and. When we do break it down, that's pretty much the only stat we have against Cruiser. So um, that's the only reason he can't do it. And then I guess, you know, there's still a good chance he could do it. Um, price. Price is the problem. Gorn's your lock, but 
I think this is a year where you might actually have to fork out the extra money and get Matthew Cruz up because he did look fantastic. Um, I know there was a few other Ruckman who we were all looking at who didn't really perform. And I think your options are becoming very thin very quickly. And Cruiser was certainly the standout from this week. We spoke about Brayshaw the week before and how impressed we were with him. Um, this week it's almost been uh, young Paddy Dow. Bombs, how impressed were you with Paddy Dow's game on the weekend? Yeah, mate, super super impressed. Loved him in the in the jars here as well. But just got to see a little bit more of him. Uh, if the bloke learns to keep his mouth guarding as well, we might see him uh, touch a few more contested uh uh, positions as well, um, but no, look, he was uh, he was really good and, and really super impressive as well. His performance on the weekend was only off sixty three percent game time as well, and he had thirteen touches uh, in that for sixty six super coach points. So yeah, look, I just I just don't see how we we don't start with uh, Paddy Dow at the start of this year at, at one ninety or so. Like he's just going to get games. Um, and there was one pa- pa- passage in particular that I really enjoyed with him running through the middle and. And just hitting, uh, I can't remember who the player was, but someone was coming out in the lead in the uh, 50 and just hit him, hit him on the absolute chest. And that one there got me really excited, that kick there, because I, I think that's what we're going to see from him this year. Are, are you guys running two of the four, as in Dow, Brayshaw, Uniaki, Brody? Are you only running two, or are you going to try and run three? Yeah, I think last week I said I was running all three, but in order to get Cruiser back into my team, I had to cull that down to two. Um, and, well, I just think we have a lot of midfield options as well anyway for rookies that are kind of 123 or under, so I've gone down to two at the moment. Right now, so I'm not, really and down, yeah. not really happy about it, but I'm only running one. Wow. Yeah. Is it Dow or Brayshaw? It's Dow at the moment. Um, okay. Always try and get that Brayshaw back in there. I'd love to have LDU, but to get Cruiser in there, I'm much like Bonfa. Um, I had to go down to one. It's, it's, I think if, if I'm going to do it, that's how I've got to do it, unfortunately, as well. kind of Cruiser and Holman versus, you know, um, Brayshaw and a Stefan Martin or something. And unfortunately, I just right now see Cruiser being the more dominant Ruckman longer term. So I'm eventually going to turn one of the other ones. And, and we'll touch on Holman later in this podcast. I kind of see Holman earning just as much cash, if not more, than any of them too. So... Um, but yeah, that's for, for later debate. But right now, it's it's only one for me. Um, but yeah, uh, Paddy Cripps didn't have a bit of a game. Bombs come out, looks great. Does this all the time. He only had twenty touches, but we do have to remember there is a little bit slightly less game time. Um, seven contested, went forward, kicked two goals. Just looked super, super impressive. Right now, I'm running Cripps in my team. But Bombs, what's your thoughts on Paddy Cripps? Yeah, look, I like him. I think if you're looking for a player um, underneath 550000 who, look, is certainly at the minimum value but has got real potential to kind of go 110 and, and probably um, crack the top eight midfielders and Paddy Cripps is the one you want to take. Obviously, his, his body is the concern. I think every time he's out in the field, he, just, he always just looks good. Um, but what kind of has me nervous is that whenever you see him on the foot, he's always, he always seems to now just have a little bit of tape on his legs uh, ever since the injury last year. And it just has my nerves slightly up. Um, and I think that's probably the only thing that's um, preventing me from kind of running him at the moment because, yeah, most certainly a value pick. And like I said, I think he can go 110. Brother? Yeah, I reckon you almost have to run Paddy Cripps at this stage just because... If it goes right and you don't have him, that's your season gone. Whereas I think you could run him, have him get hurt early, 
and it won't hurt as much because most will have him and you can just make the same adjustment that most make. I think Cripps' game on the weekend showed that he can easily average 110 and at his price point, there's pretty much nobody else who can do that. So I think, I think he's on me. If nothing changes from here on in, he's a must-have going forward. Yeah, he and he helps that if you want to run six deep as well. He, he certainly helps because of the price point. Um, for me right now, my hardest trouble is is it's almost like like almost every night that I'm sitting up, it's Cripps and Canilio or going straight to Cali or, you know, but only going five deep um, or a crouch or someone. So, um, but every time I do it, I always end up back at that six. It just looks so much better, kind of sets my team structure up a little bit more too. So, oh, I'm with you. I think Paddy Cripps is, is very, very close to almost a must-have in that midfield this year purely on upside and um, I agree with what you said Bons I think I think he's we're going to be looking around that 110 potentially even higher break even so all aboard the Crips Express um, <laughs> uh, Caleb Marshall boys this is one that I really really want to speak about because he's gaining way 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 too much traction for my liking um, off the back of 111 in JLT. Every single season, we have players jump up. Like we said last week, we call it the Matty Wright syndrome, um, who played in this game as well. But players kind of just jump up and almost trick us into picking them. Um, and Bombs, me and you have been laughing a lot about this because we've seen it all over Twitter. But I'll head straight to you, Caleb Marchbank. What are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, my thoughts are is if you if you even consider him, just just don't do it. Um, I, I, to be honest, I don't even want to give this much airtime. Like I, I just think this is an absolute joke. You'll see this all the time. Um, he had games probably last year where he scored a hundred as well, didn't he? Sure, he looked uh, look. He looked real good in the game. You, you sort of can't deny that. But if you think this bloke's going to put out numbers that kind of you know, you, if you sort of see him going into kind of like a top six or even towards the top ten defenders. Um, then you're absolutely kidding yourself. Um, you select this bloke, you, you're probably only going to get an 80 average, and uh, you're going to need to spend money on him later um, to upgrade him to a to a top line primo. Brett, are you any different to those thoughts? Nah, completely agree. You're not going to get enough out of him to um, run him all year, and it's going to cost you a trade at some stage, and he just won't make you enough money. So avoid Marchbank. Don't get sucked in too much. Strongly agree as well. And the one that I do like from Carlton down back is Cade Simpson, and. I've probably seen more teams than Cade Simpson's percentage drop after the game on the weekend. That's purely just people looking at Supercoach scores. Ignore that. The bloke went at 100% by foot. Um, snuck up a little higher up the ground than I think you'll you'll see this year too, but he's going to be that ball user down back. He's an elite ball user. Um, and I'm all in on Cade Simpson right now. I, I wish I could fit him in my team, but I can't. But right now, after watch, seeing what he put out... He's definitely in my uh, in my watch list and probably one that I'll probably look at, at, at trying to get in early. Bonfire, Kate Simpson. Yeah, no, Kate Simpson, he's going to be top eight, I think, for sure, um, and a real chance to probably even be top three. Um, to be fair, uh, as, a, as obviously a close Carlton supporter, look, I, I tend to watch every team pretty much closely given um, how much I love Supercoach and just footy in general. But as a real close Carlton supporter, um, Doherty took every single kick in pretty much last year, or at least 80% of them, I reckon. Uh, if you take anything from the JLT, was that Simpson virtually took every single one of Carlton's kick-ins. Um, they just know that he's the one that uses the ball and uh, they want to give to him at every opportunity. Disagree that... Uh, during the game, we probably saw him run a little bit higher. 
I probably saw him play a lot more half back than I, than he did at stages last year. I thought last year he played a little higher than he kind of ever has before. That's because um, you know obviously the the role Doherty was playing, but more so the fact that they've I think the Blues have an abundance of kind of defence options at, at kind of half back. But um, yeah, no, he's going back into the back fifty this year, and I just have absolute complete confidence that he's more than likely going to be uh, sort of like top four. Um, but certainly in the top eight defenders um, by season's end. Brett? I don't think he'll live too much in the back line. I think he's he's not as good as he used to be one-on-one. I think he'll get a little bit exposed. I think he will play up the ground a little more. Um, all the things you said, he is an elite ball user. They are going to look to go through him. Um, and despite those things, I still think he averages 95 to 100, which with this group of defenders, it's probably top six, top eight. But... I'm happy to sit off Cade Simpson, see what he does, and then upgrade him when I need to. I don't think I'm going to be missing out on an absolute worldie by not picking Cade Simpson, but um, I think most teams at some stage will end up with him. I think he'll be a nice upgrade later in the season. And teams that want to pick him early on, it's a pretty safe option. Do you remember when Corey Enright was getting to the back end of his career? And every year, it was like, oh, no, I can't pick him because he's getting him. too old. Can't pick him because he's getting too old. Can't pick him because he's getting too old. And then every single season, it was almost, you ended up the year with Corey Enright because he'd just do the exact same thing every single year, 95 to 100 average, and just be a real steady ship sailing option down the back. And that is exactly where Cade Simpson is in. Ignore his score on the weekend. It's a practice match. All in on Cade Simpson. Um, will do well moving forward. Lockie O'Brien and Jared Pickett. Boys, Pickett's early game I was very, very impressed with. Great pressure acts around the ground. Managed to find his hand on a little bit of ball. Um, that shoulder is apparently not as bad as what we first thought. And Lockie O'Brien absolutely you know, scarring us and scaring us away. Lucky on the flip side of the coin in this same game, we had uh, Nick Cofield, who looked very comfortable down back for the Saints. Um, but Bumps, you're the Carlton expert. Have a touch on both Pickett and O'Brien for me, please. Well, I'll tell you what, you don't need to be a Carlton expert to know that you're referring to Jared Garlett and not Jared Pickett. Oh, but, sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's all good. But no, Garlett, he, he did. He, he performed a lot of pressure on the... Uh, out in the field, and yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, took a knock to the shoulder, but I'm very confident that he's going to be right for JLT too. So certainly, uh, he's in the mix for the for I guess a forward line rookie position right now. Um, Lockie O'Brien just put a line through him. He is just way too raw and too skinny, I think, to uh, make an impact this year at AFL level. Um, you know, and you know, even though super coach, you can probably only accept a, a sort of like a seventy average or even a sixty-five average. I don't even think he's going to hit those kind of heights, uh, not unless he's used um, in the back line as more of a free role. But I think the one we really need to get excited about, Corey, is like you said, uh, Nick Coffield. He had twenty touches on the weekend with fifteen kicks in that. Sure, his disposal efficiency was only at sixty-five percent, but that's all right. Um, he had seventy-one percent game time. Um, as well on the weekend, his score of 63. Look, he just found the ball, um, and, and that's what I enjoyed um, the absolute most about it. And uh, we know that Cam O'Shea obviously didn't get a game on the weekend, and um, I have not hesitated one bit to go Cam O'Shea to Caulfield because Caulfield is the answer for that O'Shea position down back. Um, top of my head, he's 171k as well. Yep. Now that I'm awake and we're back in 2018, not 2017, uh, <laughs> Brett, anything to add on Garlett? O'Brien or Cofield? 
um, on Garlett. I think he's probably going to be in everyone's side if he gets picked round one, simply because Ahern and Rioli are looking less likely for round one. Um, if he's picked, he's got that mid-forward swing, I'm pretty sure. So I think most will have him. You just pick him. O'Brien, I don't like. He's a little more expensive than your basement rookie. Again, exactly what Bonfer said. He's too small, just too lightweight at the moment. And Caulfield looked a far better pick for 9K more. And St. Kilda were raving about him. I think they want to just chuck him in there and let him live there. Kind of like how Andy McGrath just ran around the back line last year for the Bombers. I think Caulfield could do similar things. And, yeah, I think so of the bunch, Caulfield's definitely the prize pick. I think Garlett, yeah, just because he's going to be available. Um, and I think O'Brien's the classic one we get each year where he gets picked, he plays round one, plays round two, gets dropped, and then you're stuck with him on your bench. Um, and you can't move him, and it's just awkward. So I think he's going to be a real trap if he does get picked, and I probably won't go with him. It's actually very funny because we'd have a lot of people who didn't watch this game sitting there saying, why are we speaking so highly of Cofield and... Um not Hunter Clark. I mean, Hunter Clark looked all right out there, but his game, in as far as AFL performance, was definitely, definitely nowhere near the game of Cofield. So, uh, is it Cofield or Caulfield? I get Caulfield. Yeah, yeah, Caulfield. Yeah, I think it is Caulfield. Anyway, um, wasn't even nearly as impressive as as Caulfield's down back. Um, and the super coach numbers kind of don't really line up. It's probably that two goals, one that Hunter Clark selected. Hunter Clark, purely mid-only, not really sold on. I think there's heaps better options. I actually don't think he'll be in there around one, whereas I think Nick Caulfield's going to lock his spot down back as well. Um, Armo, getting a lot of love this week, David Armitage. Seeing him in a shitload of sides at 300k. Um, was going to compare him to Jaeger or or even Coniglio then and say which one do you like better. We might do that at the end of this, but David Armitage... Pros and cons, Bombs? Uh, pros is obviously that he's had one really good season in his career before in, in terms of super coach. Um, obviously, another pro is an experienced player at AFL level. So he's not some, you're not hoping for a breakout player here. You're hoping for a player that can, uh, I guess, hopefully return back to his best. The con is that he is mid priced and you can't run too many mid prices in your team and you kind of just need to choose um, which mid price will be the best. I, I just don't think Armitage is going to be the best one this year. Um, and look, you know, was his stats and, and game impressive on the weekend? Yeah, sure, I'm, I'm not going to knock that. Not only did he had 24 touches, 14 of them were contested. He also had eight clearances in that as well, so um, it was really good around the midfield. But, um, yeah, no, so Armitage is just not someone I'm uh, absolutely going all in on. Breda? Um, I just don't have a spot for him, and I'm not fully confident, so I'm not going to try and force him into my team. I feel like he's definitely not going to play 22 games. Um, we'll break down at some stage and miss a few. There's better options around him, but you can't knock what he did in the first game of the JLT. Then I guess I'm just going to be praying it's a little bit the, the Matty Wright syndrome where he just tempts us in and then goes back into his shell when the season starts. My biggest worry is Armo, Dunstan, Stephen, Jack Steele. They're all the same kind of player. They're in Jack Sinclair as well. Yeah, Sinclair. They're just hard nuts. They're hard at the ball. I can't see him doing this week in, week out, unfortunately. And I actually think that he's probably going to be one of those ones that has... Because he's a little bit better around the ground than those other players that I just mentioned. So he can go up forward, can kind of go down back. Um, 
Look, Jack Stevens very good at that, but I think Armo is going to be that one that's going to rotate with Billings a lot more because they need they need some outside run and carry and some class in that midfield. Um, and I think Billings, when he's back in his side, is going to spend a shitload more time in the in the midfield. And I think players like Armitage will probably probably be the ones that kind of um, have that downside of that. And at that 300k price point, look, I'm not saying don't pick him. Because um, I don't hate the pick, but I'm just saying I think he's very, very risky. Caniglio, Armitage, Jaeger, O'Meara, one, two, three. Who you'd prefer to have, Bombs? Bombs, Bombs was going to pick O'Meara because he loves him. Caniglio, <laughs> <laughs> uh, O'Meara, Armitage. Right. Caniglio, Armitage, O'Meara. And I am Caniglio. Uh, Amira Armitage I really had to think about that then um, Shane There's no Savage. choice in it Corey Nah not at all Not at all <laughs> Brett really wanted us to get um, What's the young lad uh, Swallow Back in there But we, uh, we had to leave him out <laughs> Swallow Swallow Yeah Swallow can eat Armitage um, Amira for those Something you couldn't so. do with the chalky milk today Brett I couldn't swallow it and keep it down could you <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm feeling a little bit flat tonight, boys. Yeah, I'm still spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Shaney Savage, boys, one forty-five on the weekend. Is this a trap or is he the real deal for a top six spot? Oh, he. Yeah. Oh, Bretta, no, nah. go to Bretta. Look, no, Bretta's Bretta. up a little bit. He's a big soft tissue man. Loves a soft tissue injury, and he's a classic. You know, you get to round fifteen, round sixteen, and. You know, you're struggling to put everyone on the field. You just want to make two trades, make a couple of last upgrades, whatever. And then you get to Thursday night and Shane Savage is pulled out with a, a minor hamstring injury. And that is just something I am not going anywhere near. Thoms? Yeah, look, uh, I'm not I'm not going to go near him. Um, can he break out? Yeah, sure he can. Um, not sold on the amount of games he can play. Um, but an interesting thing about Savage is since 2012, he's, he has increased his average every single year. Yeah, he was like 87 last year. Yeah, he was. At, yeah, he went at 87 last year. So 2012, 55, then 63, then 69, 73, 81, then 87 last year. So he's he's gone up every year, which is which is good. Um, that's kind of what you want. Um, he seems fit and healthy right now, um, but I mean his history of games is isn't brilliant. Only playing more than 20 games twice in his career. Not bad. Um, I'm not in. I'm not sold, and I think there's better options down there too. Dylan Robertson, 84% game time, only 28 Supercoach points. Any worries? Uh, uh, I'm worried that you were suggesting this bloke last year. You remember that? He was good last year. <laughs> he was good last <laughs> yeah, year. He was. No, 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 he was. Mate, taking the piss there. Yeah, no, I'm not going anywhere near. Right. Wasn't even contemplating yeah. before. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it, and this hasn't really swayed me. 28 points isn't going to put me. Back into thinking about him. Yeah, if you're thinking about him, I think uh, absolutely get a lot of that. Anyone else you want to touch on for this game? Nope, no. Okay, beautiful. Moving on. Uh, we'll go across to the was a Thursday night where Collingwood dished up absolutely nothing. Uh, but didn't we get some absolute class from GWS? Their big three, Canelio, Sheil, and Kelly, just absolutely dominated. Canelio getting plenty of his uh, hand on the ball early. He had. What, 28 touches, 13 of them contested, 7 clearances, just dominated. Is he by far the most undervalued player in Supercoach right now? Easily, yep. Yeah. No, Bons? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. You both have him? You don't have him currently right now, do you, Bons? No. In and out? 
Yeah, in and out. Um, only because it. Look, it, I I think my team looks ugly when I when I structure Canelio in there. So I'm only trying to run five midfielders before I load up on on rookies. I think there's a lot of value in the rookies this year in the your, midfield. Your team, your team's and, ugly regardless of Canelio. Being yeah, there. I guess you could call my team quite similar to your head, Bretta. Just not good looking at all. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> no, but I think my team just looks ugly when you sort of sit Canilio at uh, mid five, um, as opposed to you know, say I had you know Kelly in there who I do right now, and all of a sudden fives mid five. It just looks a lot better with Kelly, but I, I need to understand that it's probably not that many points difference between Canilio and uh, and Kelly. But certainly, I think he's the one um, out of all players when you're looking at mid prices. He's the one that kind of needs to be started above all. I think. And Brett, you have him too. We got the same midfield, don't we? Yeah, we got the same midfield. Couldn't believe that, but yeah. down to it too. Okay, yeah. he's a rock. You got to have him. Yeah, I think he. I think he's a lock, and every time he comes out, he's straight back in too. So I think the one thirty on the weekend done wonders. Um, if you're one of those people that are like, oh, oh bloody hell, you know, Canelio playing well, and you know, everyone's going to be on my mid pricer. Consider yourself lucky that the players that you were looking at earlier playing well, because if he went out on the weekend and turned up 25, you would have traded him out in a heartbeat. So, uh, yeah, consider yourself lucky with that. Josh Kelly, absolute class again. Bombs, um, you got him right now. Thoughts on Cal? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, no, absolutely love it. He's a premium for a reason, um, and there's no reason he can't back up last year. Right. That's, that's all I've got. Yeah. Um, superstar, obviously, one of the best players in the comp, but... I think to have Kelly, you you got to drop one of the big four. When I say big four, that's Dangers, Dusty, Titch, Fife, and I like those four better than Kelly. But I think Kelly's going to be an upgrade for pretty much everyone at some stage this year if you can afford him. It's probably a couple teams doing out this out there. Not many. Can you run Canelio and Kelly? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Dylan Shield. Um, where you boys see him? Is he a serious super coach option? Could this be the year that he goes? You know, neck level and starts being a little bit more consistent, or is it going to be the same old inconsistent Dill Shield? Um, no, I don't think he's going to go next level in terms of like if you think in like one ten. No, I think he's going to hover around that hundred again. He's obviously going to have games where he's going to do brilliantly. He's the one that kind of I don't know gets left in the dark a little bit. You know, when Ward was kind of a real good super coach option. Um, you know, she was kind of just under him. Now it just seems that Kelly's the real good super coach option um, and she'll just, you know, appears to be just under him as well. I think the talk is as well that he's going to run through the forward line a little more as well as he did on the weekend. Uh, did he snag a couple of goals as well? I think he may have. Yeah, um, yeah. Two, two. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look, you know, Dylan Shield, I'd, I'd rather be paying for Crips than for Dylan Shield at that price. Rather be going down to Canelio instead of Shield to Bretta, Dylan Shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, they love him as that high half forward because I think he's almost, but uh, him and Kelly be on par as their best ball users, and I think he's the one they like as that link up. Um, he will play in the guts at some stage, but he's going to spend a lot of time on that high half forward role as just a damaging ball user, and I think that unfortunately takes away from his super coach output. Canelio groups much better, and I think both are cheaper. I think so. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate because he is a star that we can't have him in our teams. Yeah, I think he's almost that third best option in that GWS midfield, and it's just a little bit tough there. Hey, sure, boys. Um, a lot of talk when uh, Wilson left and 
Oh, what's the other? Is it Williams? Zach, Zach yeah. Williams. Zach yeah. Williams went down injured. Um, and come out on the weekend, had 22 touches, uh, five marks across halfback, 113 supercoach points. Got a little bit love after the game and then kind of seemed to get forgotten about because we kind of dragged it in the week. Is it more of a case that we have to see JL2 before we can pull the pin on any shot? Brett? I'm still running him. Um, I've been floating him in and out for a while now. And Last year, I think we saw he lost a lot of points for kickouts. I mean, Zach Williams just seemed to take over and it's real frustrating because he sure is a classic, you know, kick to yourself and run out and then go long down the wing, there's four points. I reckon he's going to do that five, six more times a game. There's the 20 points, 25 points he lost last year. Um, I think he's a he's a really nice pick, and I think it's going to be one of those ones where by the end of the JLT3, most people are going to have him. So if it does go wrong, it's like last year, it's not going to really hurt you because you're just in the same boat as everyone else. I'm not sure if you realise, Brett, there's only two JLT games. That's right, we're all in the Yeah, no, nah, Heath Shaw's a great pick. Uh, yeah, really sort of agree with, with Paul Britta was pushing there. It's, uh, it's good that we're going to have one last look at him before we have to make up our moments as well. Is that, is that in JLT3? He plays in JLT3? I hope. You know what I hope, though? I hope that he just comes out and does like a 40 and just does absolutely nothing because it's just, you know, I, as much as I hate having to sit down and think and mull over players... Um, I kind of also love it at the same time. It gives you something to do. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see him come out and just stress the living daylights out of the Supercoach community. If he comes out and scores 40, I'll probably there's no way I'll go back near him. He'd become I'll a great target. I'll pick him. If you come out and score 40 this week, Brett, I can guarantee you're not picking him. You're the most emotional bloody trader I've ever met. So. <laughs> on, Bonfa. He just has a different team every 15 minutes. So... That's why I have to keep referring to Bont's team because it changes that much after much in the podcast. Um, Finlayson boys, is he just going into absolutely everyone's back uh, back line at the moment as as one of the rookies? Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's cemented himself in there. Um, what a kick he is though! That left foot, mate, is that lethal or what? Really good size about him as well, um, and a really good. Um, I guess uh, the post-match presser was was really good for him as well. Like he was just spoken about so highly in terms of his ball use, and I think the role he's potentially going to play for for the Giants this year. He is uh, as long as he's there around one, you just you, ha- you have to start. You just don't not pick this guy. Hundred percent by foot too. Yeah, he was amazing. Bloody crazy. He really was. Yeah. Um, I just want to touch on Lachlan Tiziani too. He played. Uh, he played great. Barely even heard from her as well, so um, he popped up. Could be one that we could see throughout the year. Uh, big Dawson Simpson, he's one that I haven't even gone near at all, but got dominated in the ruck by Grundy and still just done it around ground. What is he, like 260-something K or something like that? He's, 80, yeah, 280, 280. And I think my head. Uh, you, know, Bons, Bons, you know Bons really yeah, knows Bons, he's really yeah. looking at him. <laughs> you know he may have been... You may have been in at one stage. Combo, 100%. We all know Bonfa would have had a lot of that, so we'll kick straight to you, Bonfa. You know, it's funny because I did. Uh, you know, yeah. the only way I'm condoning Dawson Simpson is oh, if no. you're also picking Scott Lysette and uh, <laughs> you're, you're going Scott Lysette and Dawson Simpson as Ruck 2, Ruck 3. 
It's the only look. You know, going to say Ruck One, Ruck Two. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. They may be Ruck One and Ruck Two, and you can run Gorn on bench or something. No, Bombs, that's stupid. You don't do that. Um, no, Lock said at Ruck Two, and Dawson Simpson Ruck Three. Honestly, this—that's how my team shaped up um, at one stage over the over the weekend. I, I won't lie about it. I'm, I'm relatively confident that I sent that to do to you boys as well. Um, but yeah, look. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it gives your team a different dimension, that's for sure. Um, I, I'm not entirely confident that Dawson Simpson, though, um, will last much of the year, though. I think once Rory Lobb is actually fit and firing, that, that he'll quickly make way for him. So once I, you know, got myself over, the, I guess, the hype of the game and, and all that sort, of st- that sort of stuff and just settled my, my nerves and everything just a little bit and had a little bit more of a rational brain and, and rational thoughts to it, um, it, it, Dawes and Simpson did not last long on my uh, bench there. Yeah, yeah you went straight, straight out. Yeah, rubbish. I don't condone the pick at all. I think that that's Rory Lobb's like, ruck position, and if they want to run one ruckman, Dawson Simpson's definitely not staying in that team. Um, Bruno, anything else you want to add to that? No, just don't pick him. Don't yeah. pick him, that's already. Uh, Zach Giles Langdon was out there as well. Um, not as he's referred to. What was that? The hyphen. The hyphen. <laughs> yeah. He referred to as hyphen. Yeah. Um, anyone else that took your fancy for these guys? Nah, I, I think Giles Langdon, though, he's, he's a genuine red-hot shot at um, at round one, though. Um, he was he was impressive. He, he was real pacey along with um, Tiziani, the one that you, you said earlier. So um, won't be surprised to see Giles Langdon there round one. Um even though if he is their named one, I'd probably they'll avoid and, and go to some other options just because that small forward role is just so hard. And in a in a stacked GWS team, um, gee, I'm not sure he's going to last all too long in the in the best 22 as well. Yeah, it's the hard part about Pookin. Pookin any GWS Pukin. rookies. Yeah. Um, yeah, strongly agree with that. Brett, anything else to add there? Negative, nothing else. Uh, jump across to the Pies, boys. Good to see Brody Grundy played really well on the weekend. I think there was a little bit of worry with Cox, but Cox barely spent any time in the ruck. Um, a lot of time up forward. Did this kind of you know, impress anyone's view on Brody Grundy? Yeah, it did for me because, um, well, what did, how did Collingwood structure up? They had Cox at full forward, Reed at centre half forward. Moore didn't play, but Moore will play through the uh, back line, won't he, this year. So um, if that's a taste of what we can expect in the expect in the Collingwood forward line, um, then, yeah, Grundy is certainly relevant um, again now because you know what Grundy's going to do around the ground. You know he's going to lay some tackles. You know he's going to get his hands on the pill. He's one of the few ruckmen in the competition who can get at 25 to 30 touches a game and really provide, I guess, a link up through marks and handballs across the half-back line as Collingwood kind of surge forward as well. Um yeah, a fan of Grundy. It's just how confident you are that Collingwood stick with that structure up front. My worry is that Collingwood aren't going to kick goals this year. Mason Cox is not their full forward answer. And at some stage, they're going to trial Kale Kirby and, and maybe some of these other fellas that they've got as well. And, and things are just going to go pear-shaped quite quickly. But if it doesn't, um, and, and that's what you're backing in if you're picking Grundy, you're, you're really backing in that. Cox is going to maintain a position at full four, but I just can't see him holding that down and kicking 40-plus goals this year. I don't know if you guys can. Yeah, oh, I don't ever want to talk about Collingwood, really. Yeah. Bloody support the team. It's hard enough as it is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about him until round four. When Jordan Nagelli gets back, then I'll be... <laughs> yeah, yeah, smart, Brett. Uh, 
Um, the thing with Brody Grundy is, he'd, look, he'd be a great point of difference, but I think there's just been that much Ruckman over the JLT competition, like big boy Ruckman that we know, that have just stood up and dominated, that no one's really even going to give someone like Grundy a real look in now, um, which I think would be, his percentage is going to drop, and I think he'd be a great point of difference, because I'm all about him. Um, those that are looking at Penderbury or Adams, I don't take too much away from that game on the weekend. They The Pies didn't even look they wanted to be there, especially those kind of leaders, which is, you know, I'm not sure how great that was, but Penelbury was barely even interested at all. Um, and I think that's just kind of the case you'll get. And he still went around, still had 16 touches. So when the guy's alert and on and, and, and looking ready to fire, um, I still think Penelbury's a great uh, option. I still think he's very, very underpriced. What's everyone else's thoughts on Pendles? Yeah, I still I like, like Pendles. No, I don't, I don't like the pig. At all. You know, you guys know I don't like the pick. He's going to play more around the ground. He's not going to live in the guts like he has in past years. There's there's more going through that midfield than um, Pendlebury. He's not. He's. I know he's a star, but I think Trelaw's close to him. Adams is close to him. I, I think they're going to have a nice little rotation through there. And I think Pendlebury's every bit the footballer he has been in the past. He's just not going to spend enough time around the ball where he can rack up at thirty touches, kick two and two three goals, and just. Rack out one twenties every week. I just don't see it happening this year. Shit. Right now we go go go. No, no, no I was just going to say. Um, I think you know. I well, when I say we, I was say me and Corey. Me and Corey still like Scott Pendlebury, and I and I think you don't take much of it out of a JLT game from players like you know the real top echelon type players. You know, like Pendles because. They're not there to perform on that day. They're there just to make sure structures are okay out in the field and, and just to get a bit of that, you know, lactic acid into the legs. Right now, Pendlebury, Adams, Trelaw, one, two, three. Brett? Um, well, that's actually a lot closer than what you think. Um, oh, my gosh. Trelaw, Adams, Pendlebury. So for me, it's Trelaw, Pendles, Adams. Um, I'm, okay. Yeah, no, I was just going to say I'm relatively confident when I say this that Adams did not attend a centre bounce yeah. uh, in the entirety of that game as well, and, and I think that's a little bit of a concern. Um, I'm Trelaw, Pendles, Adams as well. Um, a lot of knocks on Adams' kicking efficiency. I mean, he went at 65% at the weekend. Um I don't know what he was by foot, but he's never been a good kick. Yeah. He's, he's not as bad as what he used to be. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I reckon as well. I, um... I actually don't mind him. I trust him with the ball. I used to panic when he used to get it, but now I'm like, oh my God. He gets he's got a good right. position. That's right. Anyone else yeah. from this game you want to touch on, boys? Oh, actually... Mm, Stevenson. My check. Oh, man. Stevenson and my check. Ready to move on forward. My God. My check. 102k. Yeah, no, picked, if he's picked, you got to go with him. Yeah. He looked like he might actually have a spot there, too. He looked really good. Picked. I think he's yeah. locked in that back line. We're shit down back. So. Yeah, and with uh, Jeremy Howe still injured, yeah. yep, no, he's, he's certainly viable. And he's not going to light the world on fire, but he's going to do enough to make 150k. Yeah, and that's all he's got to do. Yeah. He's just got to perform the role for our teams. Yep. Yeah. Um, Stevenson, on now... I think that too many people looked at his super coach score rather than his game. And I know you, Bonds, first five minutes of that game, me and you were texting each other like, this kid's a lock. 
He's just yeah, got to he's that. in. Yeah, I can't see him not debuting round one, and I reckon that bar injury, I think he'll play all twenty-two this year. And I and I'll tell you what, there was only one thing I didn't like. He took a mark twenty meters out, and uh, you know, in front of goal, and he handballed the ball over the top to something yeah, up in the goal square. Mate, Stephenson, go back and kick <laughs> the fucking goal. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's what he's going to do because all of a sudden he's 47 nearly becomes a 60 yep in that game mate go back and kick the goal yourself son be a little selfish out there yeah no 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 I think I I had him in my forward line and it didn't do any like any movement ever and I'm sick of like seeing all these super coach kind of forums or discussions like absolutely lock, knocking a kid for scoring 47 in a JLT game he looked at me, and then people saying, oh, don't pick him. Don't pick him now. You can't pick him now. Oh, he's shit. He's not going to even get a game, and he's not even in their best 22. What were you watching? Were you actually watching the game, or were you just sitting on fan footy and, and watching the scores fluctuate up and down? Like, yeah, and watching those tro- watching those trolls down the side just digging in. And uh, Yeah, no, look, in, in what he did, I was impressed with what he did. Um, to be honest, he's, he's in my forward. He's in my forward line. I don't see him moving as well. I, I like him as an option. I think he's got some good upside um, to him. I yeah, and I, apolo- him and I apologise for swearing. That's $5 nah, in the that's all right. Don't worry. Yeah. We've all actually dropped the swear word on this podcast before. Yeah. Oh, I'm almost doing it every week, so don't worry about it. All right, can we move on? Yeah, we certainly can. Dogs and horse. Let's Done. go. Um, oh, Bretta, we'll kick straight across to you, mate. Jack McRae. In the first 14 seconds of that game, let's just keep this PG plus from here on in. But how are you feeling? I'm feeling like he's still better than Bont, and I don't care what you say. You're not going to persuade me. He's a better footballer than Bont, and a better super coach pick than Bont. Let's move on to the next footballer, guys. Who else are we looking at? <laughs> well, why don't we look at the Bont? Because the uh, Bont uh, outscored Bont. Bont's because he scored 124. Yeah. Uh, three free kicks. JLT bias. JLT uh, bias. Everybody yeah. scaled differently. Ten contested possessions. He had, I think, it was the up market of 25 points from champion data again. That's um, mm-hmm. no, just a lie. I made that up. So quote me on that. Yeah, no, you're relatively close to that, yeah. though. I think it was about 35, though. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, McCray's, Bond's a, McCray's a legit pick. pick. Do you guys actually rate him now, or are you still against him? He's not a legit pick for me. Not when not when oh. Bond can tell he, not, Look, if you're telling me, am I picking McCray or Crouch? I'm picking Crouch. McCray or Oliver? I'm picking Oliver. McCray or Bond? That's 40k difference. You put McCray pretty much anyone who's potentially in the top 10, and I'm always selecting the other player. Um, look, I do I think McRae is a good footballer? Yeah, most certainly. Do I think he can average, you know, 105 to 110? Most certainly. But do I think he's going to be a top eight midfielder? No, I don't. I'd rather Bont right now than McRae. You both make me sick. It's okay. Sure was us or the chocolate milk, mate? <laughs> yeah, no, let's move on to the next one. He's got a sugar high still. His, his crash has been fairly big, though. He's, he's crashed harder than, you know... Oh, I'll probably want to go there. Bontempelli doesn't miss back half the seasons. Wow, I'm actually so happy you made that joke because I was just about to open with this. Is this going to be the Bontempelli of last year where he just comes out, absolutely blows us away, we all jump on and then end up really agitating him at the end of the year again? Or is he just stuck in the guts now? Well, that's why you kind of... That's why you kind of go with him from round one. <laughs> um, you know what? If you... To take his then, season average, you've got to get him from round one, don't you? So, um, yeah, you, you pick him round one, then you upgrade to McCray at the buys. 
Oh my god, he's a dickhead this play, I'll tell you one. <laughs> <one. laughs> um, no, I'll, I'll, look, Bontempelli, he's the one in that, five, look, what's he, 577 or something like that? Yeah. He's, he's probably the only player between, say, 565 to 600 um, that I see as, or five excluded from this, that really... Uh, can go next level in terms of super coach average and potentially get to 120 as an average across yeah. the season as a whole. I agree with that. I agree with that. I just want to touch on the forwards that the Bulldogs possess. Um, we've got Dal, Dalhouse, um, Mitch Wallace, and Toby Mc- McLean. Now, we've done one, two, threes so far. We'll go into it again, then we'll have a bit of conversation. Brett out one, two, three. McLean, Dalhouse, Wallace. McLean, Dal, Wallace, because I think McLean's the only one that could take that step where he actually becomes a top six forward. I think Dal's fallen too far, and I think Wallace has fallen too far. Bombs? McLean, I, I, I wasn't expecting Brett to be sold on McLean like half of the other, you know, uh, people out there that are actually considering him and selecting him. No, I'm, I'm big on Dal, Wallace, then McLean. Yeah, and see, I'm... I don't think McLean... I don't think he's relevant at nah, all. I don't. Well, see, well the I'm thing is, McLean, Wallace, Dalhouse. I'd see the way I look at it. Is I reckon Dalhouse. It's not even funny. I reckon Dalhouse and Wallace are definitely not relevant. McLean's a chance to be. That's how well, I look at it. The way I see it is, Dalhouse is a forward now. Dalhouse is the exact. You know, the, the argument I have with Robbie Gray every week. That's where I see Dalhouse. Mm. He's better. He's a. He's an. I think he's an A grade AFL player. But he's better as a small forward. Especially because all these teams want that mosquito fleet that put pressure on yeah. and finish, and that's what Dalhouse is a beast at. And he's just so much better down forward, putting pressure on crumbing, kicking goals. They have midfielders now. They have an abundance of them. Like, McRae stood up crazily. Bontem Pally's there. And I think Toby McLean is a good midfielder. Libba, um, I'd, I'd much rather even have Wallace in my midfield than I would Dalhouse right now. And I, I, I pose this question almost every week. Where do, you, where do the community rate Dalhouse and why do you think Dalhouse can be there? But, I don't know. He just done me a bit of faves on the weekend. Well, fairness. I think, I think one, touches, poor so. year, one poor year from Dalhouse has just scarred you a little bit too much. Um, I'm more inclined to give him another crack. Hey, look, on the dogs, uh, obviously uh, a few days back I, I dropped my uh, fixture analysis as well, um, having a look. Um, and I said before that, you know, if you're going to start with Bontempelli, you're going to start from round one. The Dogs play seven of their first 11 at Etihad, and we know how much uh, the Doggies love Etihad Stadium. So, um, you know, consider that as well when you're, when you're sort of starting year and picking your players. Um, 7-11 from Etihad, and they've also got a home game down in Darwin. So 8 out of 11 fixtures that seem to be pretty favourable for them to start the year. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, if you haven't had a look at that yet, definitely go have a look at it because, like, Bomf is not the cleanest man on um, a Excel spreadsheet. We know we leave that for uh, for, for Jolly and Wilbo. That's Jolly's. Yeah. Um, but he's put together something pretty amazing and a very, very powerful and a very useful tool. So he may be a flog most of the time, um, but you can definitely go use this and it's a really, really handy tool. Aaron Norton. Not getting as much love as I think he deserved after his game on the weekend. It was pretty bloody good. Hundred and what is it, 170k defender? Round, round about? Once yeah, more like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I thought a he had a bloody excellent game. If he can do that again, do you think he may sneak up on us uh, like Caulfield? Or is it just a matter of if you have to have one or the other? I think you have um, to have one or the other and Caulfield's ahead of him. That's all it is. Yep. Yeah. 
for absolutely, absolutely sure. Um, I'm not sure how you were so sold on him because I wasn't all that impressed with him. He was, he was okay. But, I thought he, uh, I thought he yeah. took some great marks. I thought he used the ball very, very well. So for what he'd done, and yeah, he flew across, good set of mitts, and then used it. So, yeah, well, I, what'd he go? Well, he, went a, he went at 92% by foot, so, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm backing in my eyes, and uh, what I this is how I like to watch football, right? I, I try not to look out for players too much and just try to see if I notice them, really. And uh, he, didn't, he didn't do much for me over the weekend. So, um, I know I'm not sold on him yet. Uh-huh. No issue with that. Brother? Yeah, exactly the same. I agree with Bonfire. Yeah, it's rare, but it happens. <laughs> uh, David Mirror only spent twenty three percent of time on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, well that's a that's a concern in itself. So um Mirror out know, my check in. Yeah, well no, I think it's I think it's um Murphy from Adelaide, the one oh two K you know, player at back that you probably want to be running right now. I liked Murphy um better than all of them, but yeah, no, there's no point talking about Mirror because we didn't get to see enough of him. Oh yeah, I feel that but I feel that Mira's almost locked his spot in that Adelaide team. It'd be interesting to see in the next game, but mm. um, he was really, really good. Oh, not Mira. Murphy. Mira was shit out, so yeah. ignore that. He's yeah. not playing again. I know what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> just for the community. Just got to be out there. He um, wasn't shit out. He just didn't get the opportunity to be on the field. I think that's a little bit unfair on him. All right, fine. Apologies, Bonfire. Jesus Christ. <laughs> pick him. Uh, He's not pickable. He's shit out. Don't worry about it. Um, there was a man out there on the weekend that wasn't oh, yeah. shit house. A man that Brett has not been on since the oh. start of uh, the year. A man that has I... the ability to be selected as a defender mm-hmm. and a forward mm-hmm. and a man mm-hmm. who could average mm-hmm. 167 this season. Mm-hmm. Not a man, the man. His the name man. is James Sisley. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, Corey. Brilliant. Oh, I'm so happy you mentioned him. How can we have a podcast about Hawthorne? Or, or talk about Hawthorne in a podcast and not mention um, the man from... Is, is Sicily Southern Italy? He's from Southern Italy, this fella. My goodness. Uh, Corey, give us his stats. Wow. He had 17 kicks, 7 handballs, 91% disposal efficiency, 6 thrilling yes. marks, oh my goodness. 7 Keep contested. Going. He yeah, was brilliant. just a god on the weekend. He also he also smacked a guy, gave away a fifty, and then uh, body slammed Caleb Daniel. So his temper's still there, boys. Temper, temper. Still scored one fourteen. Imagine if he didn't do it, Corey. Imagine what the score would have been then. <laughs> this is this is rubbish to hear that from you, Brett. You go in and bat for bloody Toby Green every single week. He's a good boy. Toby Green's a good boy now. We've been over this. 400k super coach gem laid at your doorstep, and you want to knock him. Brett, uh, uh, tell me this. Tell James me this, right? Sicily tell me this. T- tell me this. When was the last time uh, James Sicily got offered a six year, $6 million contract? Is Toby Green off for one today? Next so I'm pretty Thursday. sure. Yeah. When, when's his contract up? When is his contract up? Because he's probably worth more than that, you peanut. He's phenomenal. <laughs> We're talking Tom Lynch territory here. $1.5 million a year. Sis, sis, right now, he just, like, let's get a little bit serious. He just done everything we needed him to do. And we had spoken weeks previously about the worry of him, you know, coming to jail. So he didn't even go forward. He didn't even look like going forward. He was just an absolute gun across the back. So, um, yeah, he's just sealed that padlock for me. 
Um, he makes and, he makes it so much easier for me to do upgrades around the ground. So, sis all in. What's his ownership right now? Well, 100. That's what it should be. I'll, I'll let you know right now, Bob. You go with what you're going to. <laughs> yeah, no, Sicily. There, there is, is no way he's moving from there. Did they speak to, I think it might have been Tom Mitchell? It might have been after the game when they were speaking about Sicily. Um, I think it was Tom Mitchell. Um, I'm sure one of the listeners will let me know anyway if I'm wrong, as they, as they tend to do. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, Tom Mitchell said after the game that, uh, mate, he's cemented himself in, the, in that back line. He's, he's leading that back line this year, Bretta. I don't care if he loses his temper every now and then because his temper and his living on the edge uh, on the field is what, a, is what makes him such a good... Um, player in this game, really attacking the ball in the middle of the air um, and really being aggressive um, at the contest as well. I mean, that's what you want in a player. You don't want a player, you know, who you know is, is meant to be good at intercept marking and that's a bit of a pansy out there. I mean, you want a player that's not going to fluff around and go hard at the footy and, and take control. Um, and that's what Sicily does, man. I absolutely love it. Probably had a little bit of mail on it when we said he's going to average 167, didn't we, Corey? He's, he's probably only good for 134, if you ask me. But he's, he's, oh, man, is he a player, this guy? I'll tell you what. He's he's in my... No, wait, he's not in my current... No, he is in my current team. Sorry, I had to think about that because I keep changing it for like two seconds. Yeah. That would have been real ugly. Uh, yeah, why? Bobby just went on that massive spiel just so he had time to bring him in before he actually crossed back to the I mean, we spoke about Canelio as being the best mid pro. I think he's number two. He's the second best of the year. Yeah, I don't condone much mid crosses, but right now I definitely have Canelio and Sicily. Um, and if you want to call, I wouldn't call Crips a mid pro, but yeah, No, nah, he's not a mid pro, so he's a primo. Um, yeah, Sis and Canelio, and I'm actually stunned that he's only in the top percent of teams. I think after JLT, JLT2, when he goes down back and he does it again, that ownership's going to pop right up. No, he'll, he'll crash down on earth in JLT3. You will see the real chances. <laughs> well, he's not playing in JLT3. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> um, he's around one brother. Yeah, you're over here, boys. What did we think of his game on the weekend, Bombs? You're pretty big on him. Well, what he's done... Is he's throwing another spanner in the works for me, and he's forcing me to really consider him now um, in my midfield. I, d- I didn't think I'd be doing this. I didn't think I'd be doing it again. I told myself last year. I said, "Bombs." I said, "Amir has done it to you again. Do not go near him." And uh, what's happened here? I'm starting to go near him. You know what I liked the most about Amir, fellas, that he played 85 percent of the game. Uh, you know, it, it didn't matter so much about. Score, though his score was relatively good, 79, you'd take that. But he played 85% of the game. He's, he's smashed every practice match, an intra-club match, uh, kind of before the JLT started. And, and if that's what he's got to offer JLT1, then then anyone strongly considering him, uh, then I, I think he... You know what? We all sort of stuffed up on him last year, but for this year... Not all of us. Not all of us. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, most of us. Well, most of us. Uh, well, anyway, anyone who's collected in might be scarred from last year, and, and that's going to prevent people from picking him. But, man, is this a guy who could who could average a 100 uh, kind of flat. And uh, 300,000. Mate, we paid that for him last year. We certainly have to consider him again this year for the same price. I'm, uh, I'm glad you're kind of bringing that up. The time on ground was used by 
most important stat because by far it was. I was really ignoring scores on O'Meara because I kind of felt that it was very irrelevant. I just wanted to see how he went in the game, and he went well. He didn't have to set the world on fire in a practice match. That's not where you need it from him. Um, he's always one that I uglyly kind of take Kirillio out for if I need more money somewhere else. But yeah, exactly, exactly. And every time I do it, that's the exact thought that comes through my head. So it's always ends up back at Kirillio. I can't see myself starting Jaeger, but I can very, very like I can understand why people do, and I am more bullish on Jaeger than most are. Um, I'd love to find a room to be able to start him, but I just can't, and that's fact, because I'm not picking him over Canelio. And I think the midfield's a really hard place to break into for mid prices this year, yeah. isn't it? Especially because at the moment we have so much value. And we've got so many rookie picks as well. What's what like do so you many good rookie Jager's picks? ceiling is for average. Brett, I'll go Brett first. Oh, ceiling, one ceiling, absolute ceiling, yeah. one hundred five. It's just a massive risk. Is is that this year or is this, year, this year? Ceiling this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think Brett is along the right track there. So. I think. I think. But I think the chances of that are like five percent. Yeah, hundred to hundred and five. Um, I'm thinking more a hundred, but yeah. Definitely be there. I, 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 it's just too risky and too awkward. Yeah, I understand why people would like it, but yeah, not all in. Not all in. Uh, Mark uh, Pitney getting a lot of love for someone who only played. How, how long was he on the ground for? Not long, yeah. and I wouldn't bother even talking about him. Yeah, well, that's why I want to bring it up because I want to say that I don't think he's an option for anyone, and I don't think anyone should be looking at him. No, I'm with you there. Yeah, uh, I. I'd rather run the loophole every week than spend up for a player who doesn't have a spot, could play one game and then be out of the team. Mm-hmm. Britta, you've got Pitney, Agreed. don't you? No, of course oh, not. Okay, I wouldn't sorry. pick him. I've got Lysette and Dawson Simpson. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Smart guy. <laughs> Anyone yeah, else you want to talk about in this game, boys? No. Beautiful. Let's move no. on. Uh, the Brizzy Lions, um, who played the Swans on the weekend. Bombs. Absolutely whacked me for the last eight and a half weeks leading up to this game. Stefan Martin comes out there and you tell me today that, oh, considering Stefan Martin now. <laughs> we all know the bombs right as big, Corey, don't we? And you want to know why. You want to know why I'll consider Stefan Martin. I listen to press conferences, Corey. It's what I do. I'm a big press conference man. And I'll tell you what, the indication I got from Mr. Fagan down there was that Archie Smith he's going to be nowhere to be seen in the same team as Stefan Martin this year. And uh, that's what excites me about it. I said Grundy before is one of the few players who can go around and, and get 25 touches or so a game as a ruckman. Stefan Martin does it better than Brody Grundy. And uh, although his age is a little bit worrying, he didn't have a brilliant year last year. He got knocked out, didn't he? Got had that big concussion. Um, I'm getting more and more bullish on Stefan Martin the more and more I hear that Archie Smith is is not going to be relevant. Bro, thoughts on Steph? Um, I think we're all just desperate to find a ruckman at the moment, and I think we're just grasping at whatever we see. I think Cruz is safer. I think Paddy Ryder is safer. Gorn's a lock. I liked what I saw. It made him more relevant than he was beforehand. Um, Archie Smith does look less likely to play. Uh, just yeah, I don't. Uh, I feel like it could just really go horribly wrong with Steph Martin. Yeah, I you disagree. know one thing. I disagree. You honestly reckon he's safe? Yeah. 
one thing, there was one thing in Stefan Martin's stats from the weekend that said to me that if people were picking him just based on his supercoach score this weekend, that it was it was skewed. He had eight free kicks. Yeah, four. He had eight free kicks given to him on the weekend, and that means eight possessions. Um, and that's a little worrying. That's a little worrying about it. I mean, you got eight free kicks kind of handed to you like that, and you only score 125. You've had 26 hits for the game. You've only scored 125. That's a little worrying. Uh, the big stat that really helped Stephen Martin was uh, he looked like he'd put on another 10 kilos as well to a bloke that already looked like he could throw me across a room. So I think a lot he's of a that ball man. that he's going to get is really contested, 12 contested on the weekend. That's what I said. And I, and that was my big my big thing is when when um, Rockcliffe left, I always said that I think Stephen Martin's going to be the man that's going to do a lot of that contested work because he's always that ruckman. He's up and he's straight back down on the ground in there. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's a leader. This, this is a young team with a lot of young kids. So if you really like Stephen Martin, I think he's going to, I think he's going to do it all year. I don't think he's going to average 125, but I don't think, I think Cruiser and Gorn are quite far, like, I, th- I think they're definitely in front of him. I think Ryder is just behind them. And then I think it's an open ball game. And I really like Stephen Martin. He's got the nice buy. Um... And I can understand why you want to pick him. Cruz is too expensive. Ryder's got the shit by. In comes Stephen Martin. So I'm not knocking it at all. Yeah, uh, with you there. Alan Christensen, 66. And Tom Bell. I do want to speak about Tom Bell because they're priced very, very closely. Why should you pick Christensen over Bell, Bombs? Well, I mean, I think you pick Christensen over Bell just because Christensen's a better footballer than Tom Bell. Um... I said before the JLT that what I want to look for is Christensen's time on ground. It was 69% uh, over the weekend. So hopefully I want to see him with at least 80 in JLT too. I just want to know that he's, his body can really sort of cope with it and sort of see how we go from there. Um, yeah, uh, I'll be honest with you, Corey. Until about, well, until that game was over, I didn't even realise Tom Bell was that cheap, to be perfectly fair. Um, and, yeah, I mean, look, Tom Bell, I think he played more in the midfield than... Um, than what he's actually going to go and do during the season proper. I mean, did Zorko play on the weekend? I don't think he did, and, and neither did Beams either. So there was a lot more midfield opportunity. And, uh, and I know that Tom Bell, when he was at Carlton, he was big on contested footy. But what he does do, and I think the type of player he is, is he's more of a big-sized half-forward player who will occasionally put stints through the midfield. Um, I don't think what we saw on the weekend was an accurate reflection of Tom Bell's role, and therefore his score was skewed accordingly. Before we go to you, Brett, too, the big thing we should touch on with Alan Christensen is he went at 43% um, disposal efficiency on the weekend and still managed to drop 66. Handy stat. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to improve. As the lactic, I mean, he hasn't played a senior game of football for over a year. Like, I, I don't think it's appreciated enough, probably, by the community. Um, just how hard it is to kick a football fairly accurately when you've got all that lactic acid in your legs and you just haven't played football in a long while. Like, it's a, it's a genuinely tough game to play, and we don't give that enough. Birth. It's like the lactic acid that Brett had building up today. Um, oh, right, yeah. Brett, Christensen and <laughs> Christensen. It's really beat up Brett, though, isn't it? Christensen and Bell, mate. Where are we at with that? Uh, yeah, I'm going to skip over. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to come back here. It's just yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, um, I think both are relevant now. I think Bell's just really put himself out there. Um, I like what Bumper said. Zorko, no beams. 
um, that does skew um, Bell's score a little bit. I think it's the classic. You just want to see him play one more time. And um, I do have Christensen slightly ahead of Bell, but I do think both are completely relevant. I just don't have either of them in my team. And um, I feel like if they were 200,000 flat, you'd almost run both, which is insane. But, um, yeah, Christensen looks like the one I think most will end up running. I just don't think Bell is like, consciously in people's minds enough to be one that people are tracking. He'd have to come out and do something pretty extraordinary in the next JLT game to actually be brought in by sides. Where I think Christensen just has to play well to be picked. Yeah, I, I think Bell Bell needs to do it though with Zorko and Beams in the team and and play midfield minutes kind of thing as well. I think that's the key for me. Uh, for Both have averaged ninety before, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Sure Tom Bell, Bell probably no, went. Christensen definitely has. He probably went high eighties, Bell. I can't imagine him averaging ninety. I can get that up in a second. Oh, yeah, I'll look it up. You, you get him up. Um, <laughs> Cam Rayner. Before everyone just hastily trade Rayner out of their team, um, just wait for JLT too. I think. Yeah, he's got one more. Yeah, just a kid out there. You got to remember. I mean, it's a little bit different when we're playing around with our midfielders, and we can be very, very harsh on rating them. The difference between that is we've got. Barry, Kelly, Brayshaw, Dow, um, you know, UD, LDU didn't perform in that first game. So we had, a, a, you know, four that could come in and just replace him straight away with a harsh, you know, a harsh almost reaction. I think it's it's better to just leave Rayner in that side at the moment and let him go again. He, he's the number one draft pick. There's a lot of pressure, but he's very, very talented. He was the number one in a, what I reckon was a pretty good draft for a reason. Give the kid a chance. Let everything settle, let the dust settle, let him come out, let him do his thing in JLT too, and don't be too harsh on Cam Rayner. Um, I asked the other day, and I know their score was different, but I went back the other day and I got um, Andy McGrath's score in his first JLT, and it was I think it was around 60. So I just wanted to say, he went out last year, he done he performed very, very well. I know Rayner didn't set the world on fire and he didn't look great. Um, but only 40% by foot, and only 60% game time as well. So they're just getting the kitty out in there, getting him back into the swing of things. Don't beat him up. Do not beat up on Rainer. Give him a chance. Bombs? Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Look, just back on Tom Bell, his highest average was 89 and a half, so he didn't quite crack 90, did he? Um, uh, yeah, look, no, come, look, I don't know where you're running Rainer in your side, but I'm not running him in the midfield to switch him to any one of those four midfielders that you kind of mentioned. The only reason Rainer remains in my team is because he's a bloody forward and I've got no one else in the forward line that I'm relatively confident in. I'll tell you what, he doesn't perform again in JLT2 or doesn't show me enough uh, in JLT2, then I'm going to have to consider a restructure here and buy another premium forward because um, I'm not putting up with that. Uh, the way my team's structured, I've got a spot for either Stevenson or Rayner. And despite their both down games, I guess, they had just gone by. I still like both, and I still think I'm going to run one, and it's basically whoever shows me more out of Stevenson, Stephenson, Stevenson, or Rayner in the next JLT game. I think that's as simple as it is for me. I'm trying to keep it simple and not trying to overthink things. I think both can play. I think, as Corey said, Rayner went number one for a reason. So, yeah, give him a chance. Jump across to the Saints. Uh, Swans, Jesus. Um, Dane Rampy's game on the weekend. Bombs, you jumped ship, yep. Nah, no, 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 I'm not jumping ship on Dane Rampy. Lloyd I don't think this. Nah, no, no, no. Lloyd to Lloyd, if anything, mate. Um, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near Dane Rampy. Um, people are going to get excited though. You know, it's the the big uh, AFL X 
sort of three goals right at the start of the game and then the big 148 that he's pumped out now. He's certainly a good player. I just don't think he's going to be this much of an offensive weapon um, as we've seen right now. And, and look, if he is, yeah, it's certainly a chance to break out. I just I just don't see it happening. I think when, when everything kind of settles and Sydney go back to uh, you know what they usually do and have a more of a focus on defence and, and all the rest of it, that Rampy becomes more of a lockdown uh, player and, and he's the best in the business in the in the back pocket, Dane Rampy. Um, super player, just not super coach relevant for me. Yeah, I hope he rips out another like 150 before the season starts just so people bring him in and then we beat everybody who brings him in because I can't see him putting up and seeing enough of the ball as a, as a rebounding defender to average in the hundreds, anywhere near the top six. I just think, as Bob said, he goes to the number one medium to small forward, does a job, and picks up his 80 super coach as he does it. Um, yeah, and there's just too much, too much quality in that Sydney back line for him to be an exclusive user of that ball. Yeah, no, agree. Uh, Lance, buddy ball, Franklin, bombs. Super player. Um, with all the with all the drama that's going on down forward, he's probably one of the three or four forwards uh, I am considering starting the year with. Um, and yes, before you ask the question, at one stage or another, he made it into my team over the last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's the 19th forward to make it. He's a top six forward this year, and I think people are completely overlooking it. Um, I've experimented with him in my side. Oh, there's a good chance I do start with Lance Franklin. I think this year, I think in past years I haven't because I thought, oh, there's so much good value and there's so many guys who are sort of like midfielder forwards that are probably going to outdo it. But I think this year, honestly, Buddy Franklin's got to be one that you consider. I think a lot of the, the top teams will have Buddy Franklin. Well, I think the big the big worry that we've had so far is there's all this injury concern um, and there's a lot of injury talk and, and Franklin had his early. But at least Franklin's got out on the pitch being able to perform and looked absolutely amazing. Yeah, he's good now. Um, so... I don't, I don't think... I see a lot of people say that Buddy's too expensive and you can pick him up for 60, 70k cheaper. Well, can you afford to lose out on the 130, 140 he drops, you know, every week or every second week in, in, at the start of the season? I, I think people kind of forget how good Lance Franklin is. Um, I'm, I'm personally sick of all these people out there that whenever you talk about a bloody premium... All you ever hear that come out of their bloody mouth is that, oh, I'm just going to pick them for 60, 70K cheaper. 60, 70K on a premium to start, it's jack shit. It's worth absolutely nothing. That 60K is nothing. I don't know about you fellas. I mean, what's Stephen say he's going to go down? He's priced at 540. For him to go down 70K down to 470, he's going to have to have like a couple scores in a row of like 60. So his break even is that bloody high that he's actually going to get to that price. Stop kidding yourselves. It's yeah. not going to happen. And that's the other thing with Buddy. I mean, he can, his break even can hit 150, 160, and then he can go hit that. He'll score 160, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> Bonds, you've done more schedule analysis than I have, but Sydney's run's pretty good early, isn't it? Well, gee, if you told me that you needed Sydney's picture analysis, would I have the bloody program <laughs> opened, Corey? My that's goodness. It. Don't you um, back on that. <laughs> uh, no, 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 look, I've got it here. Now, look, what I said in my fixture analysis was that there was nothing outlandish about the Swans' statements. Uh, about the Swans fixture. What I did say, though, was that between rounds to 7 to 14, that they had a really easy run, actually. Now, have a look at some of the teams he plays here. North, right? Big goals game. Yeah, Hawks, shit. always performs against Two-two. them. Frio, think he's going to perform there. 
Lions, he'll destroy. Carlton always destroys. St Kilda, who's going to stop him there? And then West Coast is a really good run from round yes. 7 to 14. So if you're not starting with Buddy Franklin and you're upgrading someone in your forward line uh, as sort of like the first upgrade in your team around rounds 5, 6, 7, that's probably where you want to look. So why not just start with him? That is a nasty run, man. He could go like it's, 170, like six weeks straight. It's, it's a really good run, and I think you really want him for round 7 to 14. And I think it's really important then that instead of trying to scramble away to kind of get him in at that stage, you don't even know if you're going to have, uh, you know, the, you might have injuries or you might just have something go wrong, right? This is super coach. You may as well just start with Yeah, you may as well just start with him. Yeah, I do like that theory. I do like that philosophy. Uh, let's stay on the forward line for the Swans. Uh, Isaac Heaney. If it's if you're selecting Buddy, you're probably not selecting Heaney. Right now, who would you prefer out of the two? Um, just Heaney's injuries concerns is the only thing that's got me. Look, I, I prefer Heaney just because I think he's probably got... Look, if he plays injury-free, he's probably going to be the one that's that can average more. But I think Buddy is certainly the safer option. There's only 4000 bucks between them. But if there's any kind of injury talk um, before round one or at round one, then Heaney's out, Buddy's in for sure for me. Buddy's not in alongside Heaney. Right. See, I think Heaney's almost the one forward that I trust not to have a game where he scores 40, if healthy. I think that's the thing with Buddy also, that you're like, oh, he's going to score 40 at some stage. Pretty much every forward's going to score 40 at some stage. And... The weeks he doesn't, he's going to outscore everybody. So I, I do trust Heaney if he's healthy. That's the question. So um, any talk, any talk that Heaney is going in not quite ready and they're just going to force him in, I'll, I'll go Buddy instead for the extra 4K. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I think... Oh, well, I was Heaney all along, but then the talks he was playing at 70% fitness on the weekend didn't really help me. Um... I'll just fence it. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> Classic. The, blo- the bloke's just permanently at the doctors for splinters, brother. That's what I think. Yeah, he's just getting a lot of splinters. <laughs> always, always good. Uh, bombs, Jakey Lloyd, your boy. Yeah, yeah here we go. It's a, a you know what? It took, you, it took you bloody long enough to mention him. Uh, that's what you're going to get from Jake Lloyd, though. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get consistent scores. Um, did he score a ton? Yeah, 103. Hang on, let me have a yeah. quick look. I, yeah. I knew I know the answer to the question. I just wanted to hear it come from your mouth. That's all I wanted. To hear, right? He had a lot more. <laughs> he had a lot more kicks than handballs. Um, look, disposal efficiency wasn't brilliant, but this is what he's going to do. He's going to hover around twenty-five touches a bloody game, and he's going to hover around a hundred points a game as well. He's a, I still think he's a super pick, and at four seventy-nine k, one that I really really like. Brett. Well, we we know that. I'm not, we know that I'm not on the, the Jake Lloyd hype train. I'm still not on the Jake Lloyd hype train. Like I said, he's averaged, what, 27 touches a game last year? Averaged there's no 87. Jake, there's, no been, there's been no hype for him all preseason. Mate, I'm you are the hype train. Oh, <laughs> it's literally the hype train. Look at how influential I was. That's a heck of a freight train. Well, you're saying you're not a freight train or a hype train right now. Yeah. Bombs <laughs> Express's third carriage is Jake Lloyd right now and has been all preseason. <laughs> 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 There's two, there's Bombs <laughs> and there's Jake Lloyd. This is Jake Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a heck of a chain. I had to Doherty off and make room for Lloyd this year. Actually. And look, um, I know the front end of the Bombs, Bombs Express is usually pretty steady, but I'm telling you, that back carriage is going to get a little bit wonky <laughs> if, he, uh, you know, if it's Jake Lloyd attached. And um, I could see a cheeky derailment happening at some stage. 
Too many ball users down there. Now Rampy's getting plenty of the pill. Well played there, Britta. Ah, thank you. James Rose, boys. 129, 129k forward. Tell you what, watch this kid. He's a sneaky. He's that kind of papily. Um, you know, papily. They, they just unveiled that no one was kind of ready for him. No one kept their eyes out. So watch James Rose. If he doesn't get a go early, he'll get a game during the season. Played last year. Um... Yeah, and I think he's one that could sneakily just average, you know, 60. Um, and, and just Looks like him. Yeah, he's, he's a good good kid, nice little blonde-haired boy. So Pisses um, me off because he gets the ball last year three times a game and I was thinking it was Heaney and that really upset me. So, mm. yeah, 129k. He's currently sitting in my forward line. Um, I think it was just purely out of luck that I was changing my team so much that he just got downgraded too. And, yeah, but, but sitting in there right now. Uh, anything that on Rose? Nope. No. Darcy Cameron, any chance? No. No. Yeah, so. Okay, beautiful. We'll move on to the final game. Man, this podcast has really gone on. Um, Gold Coast absolutely demolishing Geelong. Um, Gold Coast looked like the team to beat this year. Definitely set for a top four finish, I think. Um, absolute, absolute guns to Gold Coast, son. Anyone disagree there? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, not going not gonna to say you're right. But you're definitely not wrong. Nick Holman, boys, 102k. Uh, now this is a man who's sitting on my field, the only 102k player to be sitting on my field at the moment. 84 super coach points on the weekend. Uh, what was he ex Footscray and Carlton? Yeah. 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 So he's definitely been around, but didn't he look like he was at home um, in that lineup? You both running Nick Holman at the moment? Running on my bench, yep. yep. I think this is one play that if you don't have in your team, it's definitely time to go grab him because he definitely frees up some cash and uh, lock it in for a round one debut. Wasn't there a stat he yep. was like the number one pressure player in the JLT or something like that? Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. Yep. He was. He, he, had, he was number one for tackle attempts. That was a stat. He had 12 tackle attempts with eight of those being effective. I think that means he tried eight tackles and laid eight of them um, or, or something like that. But... That, that's what they. That's what they lack. I think they, you know they lost Matera as well. I think they lack just some genuinely good forward pressure type players. And I think as long as someone like this, who may not be the most naturally gifted footballer, can uh, get out and and perform a lot of pressure acts on field whilst accumulating the ball, uh, you know, as, as he kind of did on the weekend, then then he's he's just not going to go anywhere from the team, is he? Uh, Champion data loves pressure acts yeah, too. Big Press yeah. conference too. One thing that I really admired about Stewie Jew, who got on the mic, is like the, the, one of the big problems at Gold Coast is they've relied too much on talent, and they've they've been told that you know they've got a talented list of talented players coming into the club, and he feels that there wasn't that effort in there. So now he's gone, taken the word talent out of there, and used the word effort, and you'll get rewarded for effort. Um, and I think players like Nick Holman are kind of the ones that are really going to buy into that. Um, and, and they're going to be those players that kind of reward us with those pressure acts and those tackles inside 50 and everything. So I think Nick Holman is just priced beautifully at 102k um, and will be one of those ones that will just earn us some money. It's as simple as mm-hmm. that. So, Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. Yeah, uh, really good. And flip side of the coin too, Will Brody. He looked good as well. He propped the 72, um, kind of being... He's kind of that one that's that high-end um, price that's being ignored. He was a pick... Ignored, sorry. He was a pick 10 last year. Why isn't there much fo- love for Will Brody as, you know, the Dows or the Brayshaws, Bonds? Well, I think it's just because that 
pretty much because he didn't play last year and he wasn't, you know, in last year's crop of draft picks that the people are just really fresh in the mind with Dow and Uniaki and Brayshaw and Rayner and, and all the other ones that Brody kind of gets given the miss. But I think Brody with a year in the system um, and being obviously a big body and obviously loving the, the contested footy is the one that has the potential or is probably more ready, I think, to have a higher super coach output it's just a matter of whether he's able to do it or not he's had a bit of injury concern over his uh short time in the in the game at the moment and that's probably what's um preventing people you know what i don't like about will brody as well <laughs> this is gonna this might sound completely stupid but this is what the bombs does right i always look at what guernsey numbers people are given because there aren't guernsey many numbers or, or jersey numbers whatever you want to call them guernseys whatever you want to call them brother mate there aren't a lot of good footballers that uh, have worn the number 41 in the past is there a, a, pick, a, a pick 10 a pick 10 given can you believe i mean it was a pick 10 and given number 41 like when does that ever happen like they get given something in the first 15 usually when they're that high of a pick um i found that a little bit obscure so i would love to do a little bit of research maybe he's got a little bit of a connection to the number 41 or something i'm not too sure but yeah no will brody is certainly in the mix for those uh higher priced midfield rookie options right yeah don't mind it just have Dow and Brayshaw ahead of him at the moment and that's as simple as it is and can't afford to run all three. It's just so tough. There's just so much. Like I said, we need the case where a couple of them aren't selected round one. That'll be the yeah. easiest scenario we can have. Anyone that's really Gold Coast relevant, I mean, anyone looking at Jared Witts would probably be scared now after the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine with Witts. What about Barlow? Is he irrelevant now? No, 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 no. It's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I think Barlow is just like, you know, it's JLT. You've done enough. To, you've done enough throughout all this. You know, you put in the preseason, you put in the hard works. Take it easy. We'll see you next week. Barlow's but playing are, in this team. But are they concerned about his body? That's, I'm not too sure. They, they could be. But what, are they concerned about Dangerfield's body because he didn't play? Are they concerned about Selwood's body because he didn't play? I mean, I'm not saying they're on the same level. Them. But yeah. he's an experienced, he's a veteran of the game. He's been mm. around long enough. Like, mm-hmm. People seem to forget that these are just practice matches. He's at training every day. He's doing what he needs to do. Um, he'll play next week. He'll play in Gold Coast next week. Even if he doesn't, that's when the worry signs will start for me. But Hey, hey can, I, uh, can I say one thing about a different player that yeah. I don't think you're going to mention? That this person here is in the mix for... Uh, for Christensen's spot. Now, I don't know if you're going to take the absolute piss out of me, but Darcy McPherson, who's a forward. Yeah, played sick. Yeah, but, like, he played sick, 15 touches, 113 super coach. I know that's all a bit skewed, but he played 51% game time. Um, 270-something forward, I think, something along that, those lot. No, 257K. 257K. Uh, maybe he's another option. We said Tom Bell before. I think probably uh, McPherson's probably more of an option than Tom Bell. Uh, if he can play in the guts, he had a lot of contested footy on the weekend. He's available as a forward, but he is a midfielder. Um, hmm. Keep keep a watch on him over JLT too. Yeah, and if you're broke, you can watch him over JLT3 as well. Yeah. I can't wait to see him in JLT3, boys. <laughs> Is it going to be one of those ones that kind of, you know, does it again? Is it, do, then do people worry about the uh, Matty Wright factor? Yeah, I nah. don't pick McPherson. I just think he looked awesome. Oh, red hot look at it. Don't you worry about that. Add him to your... He backs uh, that up. Heaps stinking watch list, yeah. Yeah, 
watch list things. But I'm still yeah. really struggling to get heaps thinking about that. Um, no, Jump across to the Cats. Tim Kelly shut the padlock. Lock. Absolutely. How good was that Super. first play? I went, I went back and rewatched it today. Kind of Almost fun. as good as the Michael Walters through the yeah, legs. Kelly running through the guts, scooping the ball out one hand and absolutely lacing out um, Tommy Hawkins. So, yeah, absolutely amazing game. If you don't have Tim Kelly, get him because he's definitely lining up in this team. He's better than Parsons, better than Kuniko, better than all those players. I, I just, Ablett. Yeah, yeah, better than Ablett. Probably better than Dangers. <laughs> um, can't uh, 15 centre bounces he attended over the weekend too. I think it was the yeah, highest of any. There's a lot of plays to come back in. Obviously. I, yeah, I think, uh, I think, I don't know what happened with Melbourne. Actually, I probably needs a little bit more research in this and why he was delisted. But he looks a steal. He was at Melbourne, was he? Yeah, it Didn't was even Melbourne. Know. Yeah, you guys, it was you who told me because I said he was, was a first-year player. No, nah, like, that was Don Barry, mate. Don, Don Barry, Barry, sorry, apologies. That was Don Barry. Like, yeah, no, so. Yeah, like five years ago. So, Tim Kelly, where was Tim Kelly before this? Yeah. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, looks absolutely amazing. Absolute steal. Um, getting my players mixed up. But, yeah, looks great. And I think I think he's a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyone on anything else? No. Tim Kelly done. No. Kelly Constable. Agreed. Didn't good down back, too. He was, uh, he looked really level-headed. Made a couple of errors. Wasn't the greatest by foot. But I did think he did, you know, didn't set the world on fire. Um, but scored well. And I think he's one that probably won't get a go early. But, Definitely keep an eye out for Charlie Constable. They use. Well, yep. He won't play. That's what the thing. Did they take with Constable? Oh, I think oh, it was yeah. one of the. I think it was one of the picks after, obviously Kelly, but yeah. um, around thirty something, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an impressive youngster. Don't mind it. Zach Tui. Anyone? Any chance having a look at Zach Tui? He'd be someone I'd upgrade to. Won't be someone I start with if he's uh, good enough to be top six. Brent? Yeah, won't start, but. Um, I think he has the role and the ability to be a top six defender, but definitely won't be starting with him. Uh, with the Zach Smith hype, does anyone Still. worry about his game? I mean, he, be, he played 35 minutes, didn't have the elite midfielders. Um, any chance Stanley of... was the key. Yeah, Stanley any... is it. That's what decides his season. Yep. So Stanley's Stanley what plays really... the absolute cut? That's yep, absolutely. Yep. yep. I mean, I'm not looking at him at all, but those who are yeah no I'm, I'm no yeah I'm not anything to add on anyone else in this game no I think I think this game here was fairly flat wasn't it um, yeah no if you're considering Minagola probably the weekend will tell you not to um, but yeah no aside from that I think we're, we're good to just move on beautiful let's jump into some questions um, man, when we had five games to cover, we've got a lot of questions coming through as well. Uh, we'll start with Facebook. Ricky Power, how confident should I be that Cruz can play 22 games and can consistently get scores of around 110 plus? You should be, oh, well, gee, 110 plus, it's asking for a bit much. You should be, well, I mean, if you said 105 plus, I should, I'll say that you're, you should be 75% confident that that will happen. Well, Sainz didn't ask uh, the question about 105 plus. He asked about 110 plus, so I'm going to answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say 22 games, he's probably 75% chance to do that. Average over 110, he's probably a 50-50. He's got just as much chance as any other Ruckman out there to play 22 games. 
So that's where I'm going with that. And I, I'd, I'd say I'd say he's probably got more chance than Darcy Cameron. Well, not necessarily. What happens if Darcy Cameron has an amazing JLT three Brett and just knocks the door down and then slog <laughs> for that team? Yeah, again, like, not going to say you're right, but yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> you're not Ricky, wrong. Ricky Powell again, he's got a couple of questions. Are uh, Marchbank or Burn viable options for D4 and D5 respectively with no Doherty this season? Uh, no, uh, for me. No, no, no. Yep. no. Uh, and Ricky Powell again, is Armitage actually worth considering for M6? Well, yes. Yes. But don't do it. Consideration, I'm not going there. Worth considering. Uh, James Gomez, I'm going with two Premier Ruckman, Gorn and Jacobs. Should I just have one and maybe Dawson Simpson instead? Also, Dane <laughs> Rampey and James Sisley in my backline, good choices. Well, the Sis is a lock. Um, yeah. Dawson Simpson, go set and forget the Rucks. Um, that's me. And I'm Go the Jacobs route. Yeah, go the Jacobs route. No Rampey, and I'm not going to touch Sisley. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, leave yes. a few boys. Yes to Sicily, no to Rampy, and uh, two premium Ruckman. Uh, Russ Whitney, should I drink beer for Blues v Tigers match or go with scotch on ice? Regardless of what you drink, uh, Russ, turn your phone off, put it away, don't make it. Because <laughs> you make bad trades when yeah. you drink. No, it's, it's, it's exceptional advice. Uh, and Mitch Hannon, congratulations, putting pen to paper and signing contract extension yes. for 2020. Yeah, superstar. Uh, Brilliant. He is the lifeblood of the Demons. Um, really just controls that culture and a cult figure for the Supercoach elites. Still waiting for my life-size cutout of Mitch Hannon to arrive too, so... <laughs> yeah. uh, so what happens was... when you order from Hong Kong. It takes, yeah. takes a couple years to get you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave that there. Uh, Danger v. Dusty, who to choose? Both for me. But Both. Danger. Danger. Uh, I don't mind this one. Best two premium forwards to start with. Um, oh, Billings and if Heaney's injured, then Buddy. Right. Toby Green and if Heaney's injured, Buddy. If Heaney's not injured, Heaney. Uh, Billings and Green for me, I think. Okay. Um, Shane Savage or Jake Lloyd? Can Savage... Lloyd. Can Savage play 22 games is one of my main concerns. Lloyd, anyway. No. I hate Lloyd. Lloyd, and no, he can't. Yeah, same. Hey, Lloyd. Um, Nathan Erez, too early to say, but... Oh, sorry. No, he was answering that question. Um, <laughs> Jack Gobi, is Red in the real deal? Can he be a top 10 mid? We touched no, on this last week. We changed our... He can't be a top week. 10. Um, no, we can't be close to top 10. I don't even think he's West Coast best mid, so... I think you can average 100. I think you can average 100. I just don't think you can be close to top 10. Don't worry about it. I'll fight you right here. Right here. Goldie, the set and forget combination to consider again this year, or should we go for Sandy Witt's type selection example, Simpson Lysett? So the question is, set and forget, or are we looking for that midfield or a mid-pricer again? Um, No, set set and forget. Look, uh, this this might sound a little bit mean. The only way I think we can go... That mid-price option would be that if Vardy's injury was going to rub him out for like half of the year, but that hasn't happened, which is fortunate for Vardy, unfortunate for Super Coaches, um, because Vardy will probably be back around round uh, round two. So you set and forget, I think. 
last week, Bombs told me Vardy was irrelevant to Lysette, but I think he's just changed his tune. Oh. He obviously listens to the podcast. Oh, I love it. I'll, I'll listen to back and I'll, I'll take your advice on board, Britta. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Yeah. But you know what? I agree with what uh, Bombs said that he stole off me. Yeah. Unless Vardy misses half the season, then he just Look, goes what you'll, I'll tell you what. What you'll find. <laughs> uh, let's go to the next question, Corey. No, no, no. I'll, I'll tell you. Me. What you'll find is as the season comes closer, the there's more things that I'm right about. The, the, the Express's responses, they just start to get a little bit more mature and a little yeah, less outlandish. As the nerves start to kick in, I just try to play the game a little safer. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and there's not enough hours for Bonds to there, sleep. There isn't. No, sleep isn't. Um, oh, I'm going <laughs> to forget every day of the week. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I don't think there's anyone who offers any of that value up there. Um, and I'm not going to tell you how disappointed Bombs was when he found out Vardy's injury was only four weeks as well. We'll just leave that one under wraps. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I didn't want him to be injured at all, Corey. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that's what I yeah. thought. Uh, Rudiger <laughs> Jones, is Libba a good option for M6? No. God, no. I love oh, Libba. He's such a lad. Um, but no. Jack Evans, why haven't I heard anyone uh, putting Bashahuli in as a D2 or D3? Putting. I'm playing golf, sorry. Yeah, that's Um, If he doesn't get suspended like last year, he should play 20 22 games and pretty consistent scores and average with a decent ceiling of 120 to 130. Risperin also looking the goods after JLT1. My main worry is that when he does do the 120 and 130, he'll go out and do, you know, 70s, 60s, and 70s the week after. He's very inconsistent. Um, Barry gets yeah. tagged, gets moved forward until he finds a bit of form and goes back to the defence, kills it for two weeks. Um, he's just too erratic. Yeah, and never averaged over 95 in his career. So that's probably well, why. That's an interesting stat. If you asked me that, I, would have, I reckon he would have done it at least once. Well, he did 94.8, but it's still not 95. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, jump across to Twitter, Nathan, Nathan, 8200, Man, I reckon questions got cut off here. If running five deep with with no Canelio, is Cripps at M five M four M five or find the extra for Oliver? Cripps is fine. I had Oliver and I went to Cripps, so I gotta say Yeah, like logic would tell you Cripps is fine, but I like the look of the team better if Oliver was there. Yeah, I've no issue with Cripps being there. Um Burn D four and Sicily F four or Sicily D four and Christensen F F four. The second yeah. one. Give it to me again. Sicily and Burn Christensen and Sis versus or Sis and Christ. So it's Christensen versus Burn. Yeah, no, Christensen all day. Yeah, me too. Um, here's another one. This is sorry. This is uh, five Jester by the way. Uh, five Jester JT. Crips and rookie M five or six. I rather Dyson take two of Omira Armitage Canillo instead. So it's basically Crips and rookie. Or one of the other three mid prices. Two of the other Crips three and rookie. I'm Crips yeah. and rookie. Oh. It's like a, like it could be like. Yeah, I think we've just lost Brett there too. Um, yeah, and I've just clicked out of that. Uh, um, uh, same question was asked on Twitter than it was on Facebook. Uh, someone actually at Adrian Sal, uh, Rory Lobby, yay or nay? Yeah, I'm the same. 
Man, there's a lot of people asking a lot of questions about Shane Savage this week. Um, there's covering most of these. Which Ruckman, if any, are of value if they are part of a two Ruckman setup? Neither do I. I thought it had to do maybe with if you've got two Ruckman on the bench. Like, is that like a Dawson Simpson and? I'm not a huge fan of um, Adam Abella at Grievous one three one. There seems to be a lack of low quality of, of quality low price rookies this year. Pay more for the quality runs or run more mid prices. Don't run more mid prices because we are. I think we're actually being gifted a lot of low price rookies. Um, yeah, name a couple. You know, Banfield, Barry, Holman, Kelly. Um, I think yeah, Fritch. Um, yeah, Dodie, Murphy, Majacek, uh, Finlayson, um, yeah, Garlett, yeah, if Rose can get a game, there's, there's heaps, there's heaps, um, and when those green lights light up, they'll make it heaps easier for you. This was the question I was waiting for, I'm spewing with Osprey, at some styler, the big sum, how does Bonfas find time to do Supercoach? Research around tweeting useless crap about WWE and watching my kitchen rules. This is a question, Bons, that I ask myself every day. How do you find time for it all? Love it. Uh, Bretta, we've got you back. So I'm just going to reprint that. Ready? Well, I'm going to redo this question. How does Bond find time to do Supercoach? Research around tweeting useless crap about WWE and watching MKR all at the same time. Um, 280 snowboarding at Proud Little Goat. Bond or Crips in the mid? It depends where else you're using that 50k, but I'm, if I'm putting the two up against each other, I prefer Bont. Um, but I'm going Crips because it helps the rest of my team. Is Cofield the replacement? Oh, Cofield, sorry, the replacement for Cam O'Shea. If not, who is? I think he is. Yep. Uh, please rank these four: Brayshaw, Dow, Will Brody, Aldi, You will. We'll have a rookie podcast coming up closer to the end of the start of the season. Um, I'm at the moment Paddy Dow one, Brayshaw two. Will Brody three? Nah, Ali U three. Will Brody four? I think Ali U's just being kind of picked on because he, yeah. Uh, John Hines at Fungi seven two four five 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 five. Uh, what are your left field pods? Well, Bonfers is bloody any Ruckman below three hundred k that gets a game, so. Um, you uh, you are actually you are actually big on Lucky Meal, so yep, yep, Brett. Yeah, you like Devin Smith too, don't you? I think you see.
Yeah, normally. I don't have any. I don't have any pods. My teams. Mine's are normally picked in most teams. Like, my weirdest, probably unique selection at the moment is Sicily and Canilio. <laughs> like, and I don't think that's weird after the weekend's games. I mean, and see, this is where I, like, this is where I count myself lucky. Like, I had Sicily, I had Canilio running in before the weekend. They both performed very, very well. Instead of kicking tyres and cracking the shits, I'm wrapped. I'm so happy with the way they played. Who cares what anyone else is going to do? People aren't just going to jump on like, well, actually, that's wrong because people do just jump on after one game. See how Brett's got Devon Smith now, so. Um. <laughs> it doesn't take a game to, for Bonford to jump on. It takes an article on Twitter. If an article pops up on Twitter, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> So it was so it was Hardwick who dropped it. Not you. <laughs> yeah, well played, well played, well played. All right, boys. Anything else to add on? Because this podcast's gone for a very long time. Yeah. Well, if Bonfer, maybe you stop talking about yourself for half an hour. We'll be all right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, elitist. Um, massive thank you to uh, exoticlimo.com.au for sponsoring the podcast. Um, jump, like I said, jump on our social media formats. Feel free to give us a review on um, iTunes or SoundCloud. Leave your feedback on our Twitter post when we post this podcast or Facebook as well. Um, and on behalf of us, boys, peace out, community. Thanks for listening. <laughs>